Welcome to My Creative Corner 3, a podcast about quilting, crafting, creativity, and life in a northern town. You'll find show notes at mycreativecorner3.wordpress.com. You can leave a comment. You can sign up for my patron site. You can purchase a virtual cup of coffee or even sign up for the newsletter. Come back weekly and we'll chat. My name is Vicki and welcome to the podcast. Hello everyone, it is July 10th and it's early afternoon. We had the hottest weekend last week for the 4th of July as usual and then it cooled off to be unseasonably cold like in the 50s and rain some places got lots of rain we got a nice amount to really water the garden and the cool off was a welcome relief after 90 degree days which I'm not used to I don't think many people here are used to but it was perfect for having, you know, 70s in the morning so you could go outside and do things. So we really had a great 4th of July weekend. It was a long holiday weekend with Monday off. We did go to Greenfield Village and watch the 4th of July fireworks on Saturday the 3rd. They really did a nice job of strolling through America with each section of the park representing different time periods. And they had music. It was all about the music. There was no distracting noises like the Model T cars or the horses pulling people in wagons. You strolled, you walked, and you could listen to all of the wonderful music. Members of the DSO were throughout the park. And then when the fireworks came on, they had more of a brass band playing um, songs that were patriotic things. We weren't real close because it was so crowded. We found a great place in a little bit more um, <clears throat> further end of the park and had a great view. My favorite music groups were the Detroit area youth jazz band. Oh my goodness, were they amazing. And guess what? They had a two jazz violinists. Now I would have given anything to play jazz violin when I was in high school and I played in the jazz band, but because I played upright bass, I got to play an electric bass guitar. It was fun, but I think jazz violin would have been so amazing. The second group um, is actually a single man. He played an original 1930s resonator and he played um, the blues and he was a great storyteller. He told the stories with heart. He, um, at one point he said worked in the Detroit area public radio. I'm not sure if he was uh, an announcer, but man, he had a great voice for that. And he played amazing songs, everything from the Delta blues to some modern pieces that were influenced by the blues and his resonator guitar was amazing. So then the next day was Sunday and we picked my parents up and we went over to Lake Huron in Port Huron and we saw a whole bunch of freighters as well as a few what they call salties um, ships from the ocean that go up the Great Lakes and 
we realized, my husband has an app, that the large, I think the largest freighter on the Great Lakes is the Paul Tegurtha. And it was not very far where we were. So it was traveling really slowly for some reason. And we drove south. We found a park, caught up with it. I got a great video that's on YouTube. It's a thousand feet long and we were very close. And another couple drove a car, a Tesla. It was pretty amazing. And they told us that they were following the freighter. It was the captain's last cruise before he retired. And so they allowed him the special privilege of going up and down the um, river because it was Port Huron to the river that goes past Detroit and in to um, the next Great Lake. And the thing is, the person was only going to south of Port Huron. And every place there were people gathering, the captain had the horn go off on the freighter and everyone was saying thank you. It was like we were a part of history. It was so cool. It really was. Uh, I really enjoyed that. And it was a great day to spend with my folks. Then we took my folks home, drove to where my son is, and on Monday morning, it was really hot already at 70 degrees at 9 a.m., we met him and his wife and we went to the Frederick Meyer Garden and Sculpture Park. The best thing that's happened in the 20-some years, because we were there last when my son was probably six, he um, didn't obviously didn't remember the park at all. But it was small then, you know, just had the glass, you know, greenhouses that held large tropicals and had all kinds of cool things. But they have built this park up to have outdoor art exhibits, um, way bigger than, I mean, it's grown in 20 some years and 20 years. The thing that's super cool about it is they have a tram so we could ride in this basically golf cart with little wagons behind it, you know, that are comfortable with a roof and a breeze and someone that knew all about the art and gave us a tour worth every penny. It was so hot and I just can't walk as fast as everybody else currently with my bum hip. And it was wonderful to see all of the art. Now, I think there were one or two sculptures outside we didn't see all the gardens outside was amazing. They had indoor gardens with succulents and Victorian um, presentation of how, I mean, some of these plants are really, really old and giant sized that were inside. And then the whole tram ride ended at their Japanese garden. Now you have to get out and walk the Japanese garden. Um, there may be paths on that that are... Um, barrier free. Um, but the whole thing is a little bit of walking. I spent over an hour in there with my family. It was the most beautiful place I've ever been. I'll have to be honest as a garden. It had the big lake with an island and all of the elements obviously of a Japanese inspired garden, but they also had plants that could grow in Michigan. They had the Japanese maples and they had lots of other really cool plants and I can't remember all of them took a million pictures but I loved the secret paths and the secret pockets where you could sit and meditate and ponder the entrance with the water flowing over a rock where you could wash your hands and leave all your troubles behind there was a zen garden meditation spot with um 
white rocks that they had put paths in with large boulders and oh it was just amazing I just felt like what is it about nature that's so healing and so regenerating um you know that's just my son's car has had trouble and I think we're getting closer to um, a warranty covering it um you know just just minor life problems you know with everybody and it was great to see them and it felt like you know, the problems were ending. So that was super cool. Then we came home and it was an incredibly busy work week and I was exhausted this week. But what did I get done? Well, I did a few things since I've podcasted last. Um, I am the turtle right now. You know, sometimes you're the hare and sometimes you're the turtle in the story of the turtle in the hare. But I totally am into this 15 minutes of play and creativity every day. And I spend it probably 15 minutes in the morning, 15 minutes in the evening, sometimes at lunch. But what I did this week was I got about halfway done with the large t-shirt quilt that I am doing. And we'll talk more about the t-shirt quilt in a minute. I've also um, sewn several hexagon flowers and I sewed about five of the Kinship Fusion Sampler. This is my third summer of the 100 blocks in 100 days. And I spent a lot of time sorting the blocks by color this week. I have 71 of these blocks done of the 100. And I realized it was like a big mishmash. And once I sorted the colors, ranged them in a loose arrangement with half of them on the design wall and the the last 20 some on the ironing board, I realized that I could salvage this project. You know, sometimes you just get so overwhelmed with a project because as I told you before, I don't always have a plan. This was a sampler. I was shopping my stash, using up some really cute fabrics. And then what I did with the half the blocks that are on the wall, I picked pinks, reds, and teals. And I arranged them in kind of a sort of a way. And I'm not sure the layout. I'm not going to go with the kitchen sink layout that I talked about. It looked too chaotic, too over the top crazy. Um, I think I'm going to do them in little groups of three or four, like one um, square with two rectangles maybe. I've seen that done and the beauty is you can go out and look at a whole bunch of finished quilts because this is the third summer that Gnome Angel is hosting the 100 days 100 blocks and there's a big prize at the end of it if you finish your quilt and you can't get entered in the drawing. Of course I have never finished the quilt um, on her timetable which is the 100 days and then time to finish it up because you know life happens. So I have a lot of inspiration out there and I think the one with a square in the corner with a rectangle on the right and then at the bottom a rectangle at the bottom with a fussy cut square maybe or a just squares that are four and a half inches to fill in that little gap I think is what I'm going to do this week. We'll see what happens when I get all the rest of the squares done. And I have been knitting grandma's favorite knit dishcloth. And I'm getting down to the last couple skeins of my um, recycled yarn from Lion Brand. It's cotton. 
and I think I'm going to go on to crochet um, for the fall. I think I'm going to do some more of the shawls. I think I, I've found a bunch of leftovers and that shawl makes a great scrap project for crochet. So the other things I've been playing around with is um, stickers, um, playing with them on my Cricut. I haven't figured out a couple of things. I think I need to get um, like a Photoshop program or get some help with that. But I didn't print off the stickers I wanted to yet. Maybe I'll do that this weekend. Um, just It's just a pain with my printer. Let's just put it out there. My printer's old. It's a color photo quality printer, but it's getting to the point where you send something to print and it doesn't print. And then you send it again and clear the, the queue. And the next thing you know, it's printed too. And then a whole day later, something will happen and your computer's not even on. And then all of a sudden it's like, it's sitting in the memory of the printer because I'm not going to go that this is paranormal. I think this is legitimately explained with an old piece of electronic. Then all of a sudden it'll print it. No one's computer's on. There's no reason. Just out of the blue, it'll start printing. I get frustrated because it's a waste of ink and it's not what I wanted it to do. And then you spend an hour on a five minute project. I get so frustrated with that. We're looking at a new printer, by the way, but so far we haven't found one <laughs> that we really like. Um, yeah, so then the other thing I've been doing is a lot of journaling. Um, just with the Silk and Sandra, I extended that another three months. Did I tell you I won a prize? So I'm drinking the tea they sent me. It's N-U-M-I, new me tea. It's okay. I don't know that I would go out and buy this big collection, but it was a nice gift. I also got a big... Um, aluminum steel water bottle and a face mask and a pen and tons of stickers and clings for their swag and magnets too. So I've been enjoying my Silk and Sonder. Um, they have some great journaling prompts and I think it's just been really therapeutic as the summer has gone along. This month is courage and I'm still pondering what do I think courage means to me? And this world where we're trying to get back out, I think that's where courage comes in. And I haven't quite defined it for myself yet, but a loose working thought as I'm journaling and working through the prompts this month is that, you know, just doing the things that you're avoiding for whatever reason or you're afraid to do. Um, that really has been helpful for me to think about because I'm like, I don't know, there's nothing that makes me afraid. And then I go, oh, wait, yes, yes, there are several. Going out in public over the last weekend was easy. Um, we were outside. We weren't required to wear masks. We didn't. Um, but just about the time you think that, man, the pandemic is a memory, right? Then you realize things like traveling trying to find a public restroom that wasn't packed with people. People are traveling this summer like never before. I mean, we've been all home for the last year. So this summer, everybody's out and about. The other thing is they're incredibly short-staffed at a lot of service places. And we even went to a P.F. Chang's restaurant um, near the Meyer Garden because it had a gluten-free menu. And my son can't have the gluten. He's terribly allergic to it. I walked in, she goes, do you have a reservation? I'm like, no, it 
I didn't know you needed a reservation. She goes, we have one server for the entire restaurant. And I'm like, whoa. Now we went to Mission Barbecue next door because they had servers. But you just get going and you think that maybe things are going to be back to quote whatever normal is. And then you get this wake up call that, yep, there's shortages in certain sectors of our workers and you know service is a huge problem for many many reasons that I'm not going to get into on the podcast but they're short and people's tempers are short because they have to wait and trying to find a bathroom you know that was a thing so I'm going to have to think ahead if we do any more traveling and make sure that I'm prepared with a little snack and water in the car maybe roll a toilet paper paper towels you know just because I never really packed that way because it's always been so easy traveling. You know, you go somewhere, you can stop wherever you want. There's a convenience store service station every 30 miles practically, no matter where it goes, unless you're out in the woods. But even then, we usually stop before we go. We usually get a little snack and then we usually have our water and I usually have a stash of napkins, you know, just in case. I've never used them in the woods. Never, ever, ever. But there are several places where there are outhouses out there and you just want to be prepared. (laughs) So that was the one thing where all the exciting things we did where I kind of could put the thoughts that the pandemic was still around um, and then you have a wake-up call but it was still made the bitter made it to where the sweet was very very sweet so I have been also doing you know Saturday morning coffee on my blog once a week I'm gonna take the next two Saturdays off because the flight is happening I'm gonna go on an airplane to visit my grandkids. Can you believe it? And in the fall, my husband and I are going to take a road trip on in the car um, and go visit again, because it's been two and a half years since we've seen that family, my daughter and their kids and her husband. So it'll be a really nice time. And then it'll be a really nice time again in the fall. And I'm going to try to get down there way more often. The kids are at that age, you know, they're, they're still pretty young. They're not even, you know, they're going to be in what, first, second grade, I think. And a baby who's not a baby anymore, she'll be preschool age. And, and it's like, you know, we can start traveling more and doing short visits and, and see them before they get to the age where grandparents are embarrassing, you know. (laughs) where everybody's embarrassing. Um, And unfortunately, uh, that will happen sooner than I want to think about. (laughs) So I wanted to share a couple of really good quilt YouTube videos I have watched recently. The first one is Just Get It Done Quilts. She did an amazing video that I just watched. It was about her 4th of July quilt. And... um, It was a great video. It talked about the journey. She picked, I'm not going to spoil the whole thing, but I'll tell you, it's a quilt that she's been working on for a long time, like years. And she tells the whole story about, she didn't know how to quilt. She um, saw that, I think it was her sister was looking for 
quilters to join her on a sew along and it happened to be um Karen was her name um Judy Nee Niedermeyer Judy Niedermeyer's fourth of July quilt firecracker quilt she'd never paper piece she'd never done anything like that and so it's the story of the journey of this quilt and how she kept getting it out during certain times of her life and ta-da you know one of those moments and it's just really a great video the production on it is fantastic i'm envious of how she can do these vlog style videos with so much cool editing i suppose if i didn't work full time i could figure more of it out on editing but you know what are you going to do? I need to take a class online or something. <laughs> that was super cool. And the other thing is I haven't watched Pat Sloan's videos um, often over the last year. I just, I don't know, you know, the pandemic with all of the extra things on your mind and all of the things going on, watching quilt videos wasn't on my list of things to do, but she's been doing something amazing. She's doing a series of the gathering of the quilt, she's calling it. Um, she's still doing, you know, videos about her quilt alongs and she does daily videos, I think many, many videos a week. So the gathering of the quilts fascinated me. So I clicked on the first one. What she has decided is that her current situation in her home, which is not a big home. She said it's only a thousand and eight square feet in Virginia. Um, the second story has one guest room that's devoted to storage of all the quilts she has ever made. And she's been quilting for 25 plus years and as a business for 20 years. And she just decided that she had too many quilts in that room. And why do I need so many quilts? So the fascinating thing is that she pull, is pulling all of the quilts out of that room. She put them all in her living room photographed her standing in the middle of all of these quilts and now she's documenting them all with current cameras and anyway it's a fascinating story because eventually she's thinning out her quilts and going to donate them to a local charity and some of them will probably be on auctions for this local charity and it's just amazing how many quilts she has made in her long quilting history and then as a business all the quilts that you make to go with books now she's keeping quilts she's keeping special quilts to her and quilts that she likes for decorating and special quilts that go with each of the 20 some books that she has written and i just am fascinated by all of them now remember some of them are table runners they still count as a quilt all the way to queen sized and i have to say it's worth watching she has always been a very um, quilt hero to me, I guess, because she and her husband run this business and have run it for 20 years together with all the traveling and the book writing and the shipping and all the things they do, they do it all, the videoing, the editing, and you know, that she's, she's quite an amazing woman. And I really do like um, how she writes patterns in her samplers are really cool i've done a few of them so it's a great place to start because she always does how to and supporting videos to things that she's doing so anyway the gathering of the quilts it's fascinating especially when you realize last year while she was walking 
she fell. Um, I think she had uneven sidewalk and she fell forward and she landed on both of her arms and wrists and she broke both of her arms. Now, if this isn't love, her husband took care of her all that time while she was healing up, helped her do some of her videos with both of her arms and casts and she had surgery and she's back and she's been sewing and keeping up with all of her things. She said last year was really hard for her, but I mean, both arms broken. Can you imagine? What do you do? That's your livelihood, your business, but they made it. And I'm like, I salute her and her husband. His, he's quite an amazing person too. So those are two um, YouTubers and quilters that are worth checking out those videos. I found them to be quite fascinating and they're not super long. And what's interesting, YouTube is a lot of my favorite YouTubers are going to long format, which is like half hour to 45 minutes or hour like podcasts. Um, even though mine don't always hit our, my podcast, but they're getting long and things like Instagram, Instagram reels, TikTok, they're going to short form. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens on social media and video format and all of that, how it all changes. It's constantly changing. So I have to say the next part we're going to talk about is what I discovered about t-shirt quilts. You know, I don't do them very often. There's always drama with a t-shirt quilt, right? And that's why a lot of quilters absolutely detest making a t-shirt quilt. When people go, oh, you're a quilter. You know, the first thing that can get my eye twitching is can you have my pants and alter a garment? Because I don't know anything about that. And then the second thing is, can you make me a t-shirt quilt? Well, I can. Um, I only do a few for very special people in my life. And then they usually help, you know, pay me for materials and things. But let me tell you why t-shirt quilts are hard to do and why people need to be paid well if they make t-shirt quilts for a living. Wow. The modern t-shirts are made with um, ink now that really lasts on the really nice heavyweight shirts. You know, the cheap of uh, sports or camp t-shirts for kids are much easier to work on because they're cheaply made, they're thin, the machines don't mind sewing them as much. So yeah, you can tell where this is going. I got it all pieced together and it took me almost a year to the date to do a improv layout of, uh, it's a basically a lifetime collection of t-shirts, of concert t-shirts that this friend of mine went to, um, George Strait. And so she brought me, I think, 12, and they're all front and back. And I was puzzled them together, and that was fun. And I fused all the shirts, cut them apart. That part is fun. And I got it all done, and I was excited, and I got it loaded on the long arm frame. And then I realized I made a mistake in the back, and that's always frustrating to me. I had to get a sip of tea because I was just getting myself all stressed out thinking about how large quilt backs stress me out when you sew them. It's easy to make a measuring mistake, even if you measure twice and you can sew it wrong and anything. 
Anyway, so it took me uh, several <laughs> attempts of my 15 to 30 minutes of quilting time to get my quilt back done. And it's on the frame. The quilt back is great. Got the t-shirt quilt loaded without many troubles. Had the right batting. And then I started quilting and it went great until I got to the first heavily printed t-shirt with an image of none other than George himself. I'm singing George Strait, you know, I'm like, yeah, it's a sign. There's George Strait radio on Sirius XM. And I listened to it for an hour or so while we were traveling this weekend. I'm singing Amarillo by morning. I loved George Strait back in the day. I listened to a lot of country music in the 80s and early 90s. And um, oh my gosh, she had so many great hits. And I'm going along and then my thread breaks. And I'm like, this is a sign of things to come. Yes, the thread is broken several times and I realized I had to adjust the tension. I had to adjust the height of the quilt on the frame. I had to change a needle because all of that plasticky stuff or ink or whatever that magic is that makes modern t-shirts. Yeah, they were dulled the needle to a point where it wouldn't work. Now, um, the last break I took was the thread broke. And I see that I'm at the end of the spool. So I'm going to get the same color I have for the bobbin as a new thread, um, new cone. And I'm going to put that on. And it'll be fine. But you have to not rush t-shirt quilts. They take me forever. Because if you try to do like a half hour to an hour of quilting on the long arm on a t-shirt quilt, you, you will just run out of the house screaming and pulling your hair out. Because the thread breaks... It does on a good day um, with all the different plastics. And don't get me going about football jerseys and slippery material. That's another disaster. The The quilt buckles. There's going to be a few puckers. You try to minimize it and try to make it lay as flat as it can. You know, these t-shirt quilts will never win any contests or quilt shows because they're not perfect. They're, they're knit. But it's, it's heavy and, you know, my long arm's going through that fine when I'm on just the fused knit material and the cotton sashing and stuff. But where it's giving me grief is over the design. And I also have to quit being a speed demon and go very slowly so that the needle isn't flexing and giving me a big problem there too. So I just want to tell everybody, t-shirt quilts are really fun memory quilts, but they are a real bear to put together number one, because they're all different sized logos and images. And it takes a quilter a long time. And if you're a quilter and have done t-shirt quilts, you know what a stinker of a quilt job it can be. And I'm trying to do my signature all over swirls. I probably would have been better off on this particular quilt of just doing straight lines. But then George would just be hanging there with no quilting around it. And I just like having uh, even edge to edge on these things. But um, yeah, the <laughs> the t-shirt quilt. I'm over halfway done and I will be thrilled when it's done because I think it's going to be a beautiful quilt but I will also be thrilled because this project will be put to bed much like Karen was over her um, 
firecracker July 4th quilt. You know, it just becomes a point. There's such a journey that you you get to a point in every quilt project where um, you like hate the quilt. Well, with t-shirt quilts, I get to a point in the journey where I'm to this point in quilting it. Now I got to bind the darn thing. So I hope it doesn't get to be 90 degrees again. But the good news is my friend who um, dropped the shirts off said there is really no deadline as long as, you know, I get them back one day and a quilt would be great. So I have to bind it. I'm not going to do it on a 90 degree day either. But I'm just like, oh my gosh, I just want it done. I just want it done over and out of my house. These big quilts that I do for other people from time to time, sometimes you get to this point and you just want them done and off your frame and not look at them again. The last couple big ones, um, yeah, yeah, they, they've been projects. So that is the t-shirt quilt drama drama there you like my singing <laughs> the next part is I want to end with my fascination with that Japanese garden so I'm looking at my garden and I you know talked about maybe wedging a little waterfall of succulents or um, my sedums in the stacked retaining wall that's made out of broken concrete but I really like the idea I, I won't make it like a true strict Japanese garden because I don't have the ability of having the hidden spaces and the undulating paths but I do like the idea of the elements which I have in my deep dive figured out some of the basic elements are hidden views you know you have to kind of walk around a little bit I can do that a, a little with my fairy gardens and the flowers also they sometimes have it with a little um, border like a, a short wall or a walled garden I, I wish I could do that but no uh, that's probably not going to be one element I can do there's usually rocks in the garden which I do have rocks in mine and I have some bigger rocks that I can put in the garden yet water which I do have elements of the um, flowing bird bath and I have thought about putting other types of water features in or you can have things that simulate water like um, sand making a pathway or pebbles maybe an island or a little house oh little house fairy garden um, zigzag bridge um, if you really want to get into it you could have a large garden with Japanese maples and all the planting that is part of traditional gardens a lot of them it's all about texture in the foliage foliage versus the blooms on the flowers and I like that idea so I'm working on texture and foliage and pockets of different color greens and yes I love that but the thing that was also part of this space was the Zen garden which was a walled space where you could sit on benches and meditate and look at the ripples pattern in the white rock that they had that had large granite and different types of rock boulders. What's interesting about this whole garden is there were several, I want to say hundreds to a thousand rocks that were each individually picked by the landscape designer, garden designer from Japan who put this installment in. 
at Frederick Meyer Garden. And I thought, that's so cool because you know I love rocks. And I have some decent sized rocks that would look good in the fairy garden. But what would be even more fun, I thought, is to make a tabletop Zen garden with some of my super cool rocks that I have picked up over the last few years. Um, have a little sharp like stylist you could use to make your circles or a little rake. I think I have a little rake that came in a fairy garden kit. Maybe sand. I, I'm going to Hobby Lobby after this definitely um, because you know it's Saturday. I can't go tomorrow and look at what they have because it's time of year where um, the fairy garden stuff is going on clearance and I want to pick up some things for dioramas. But I'm just like fascinated. You could do um, purchase a ball that's textured for Zen gardens for your tabletop Zen gardens on Etsy and you roll it and it makes different textures. I'm getting way into this and thinking the older I get, the more I am into some of these very calming Zen things probably because my work can be chaotic, which it was this week, lots of emergencies and chaos. <laughs> and the other part is that I am enjoying the simple things in life, simple things. And I really enjoy the minimalist art. I mean, it's just really amazing to me. So I, I'm going to check out all of these different elements. You know, I'm kind of looking at the Zen garden is like diorama size. You know, it's going to be small for a table, like the size of a notebook, maybe kind of like a fairy garden might even have a tree in it. But for the art of creative soul segment, we'll segue into that. My sister is making wire trees, some with little rocks or beads and some without. I would like to put one of those in my fairy garden. So what is she and I working on? Well, um, my sister is thinking about getting some watercolors. Um, what I'm using is from Joann's and she is cut back on her hours. And the first thing she's doing is making wire art. And right now she's doing like trees of life and things that look like bonsai trees made out of wire. And like I said, beads and rocks. And she found um, some really nice rocks for the base or however else, um, some of these could be flat and framed. Super cool. They're very, very cool. And I'm going to um, ask her if I can have a little tree for my Zen garden, fairy garden sized. And I have continued to work with my line drawings. Um, I have all my watercolors, you know, done and I have two more pages to do. Um, with line drawings and in my July journal I've been doing more doodling and working on Zentangle things so those are the creative things that we are working on and I don't know um, maybe she and I will do some sort of a collaboration in the next couple of months but we're still at the early phases so that's what we've been up to what have you been up to? I have been keeping busy in the slow fashion. I hope that you had a wonderful weekend last weekend. And if you had a long holiday weekend that you were able to enjoy it. I hope that your week was not as crazy as mine, but 
If it was that you have a great time to be restful this weekend and do check out um, Saturday Morning Coffee on my blog, which I post every morning, which is kind of a weekly reflection, kind of what I've learned, what I've done, um, some pictures. I am also doing a YouTube video. That's my courage thing for this week is that I'm going to uh, take a deep breath and try to do a YouTube video. I don't know why video is so scary to me sometimes, but it is. And I'm going to actually do my hair and makeup and have segments with my face on it, which I think is the scariest thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, my face is scary and I'm scared. It's just scary to put it out there because, you know, what it is what it is. And, um, but if you enjoy the podcast, if you um, want to support me, just share the podcast with your friends, share the website and maybe the video. I am pretty excited because I've had two guilds ask me to speak at their guilds. Um, one is this year and one is next year. Um, one may be totally on Zoom and I thought what a great idea and I am totally open to doing Zoom. I really enjoy, I do it every day with work and I've been working on presentations for the guilds and it could easily translate to Zoom. So if that's something that you're interested in um, or your guild and you would like to have me speak at one of your groups, just check out the website and there is the teaching information page. Um, also for the rest of us who like to do one-time supports of a podcast, uh, you can go to Kofi, ko-fi.com, Kofi, and buy me a virtual cup of coffee. There's also a link on my blog. I appreciate everybody who takes the time to comment on the podcast blog or even the Instagram account. I just really appreciate everyone who has taken the time to buy me a virtual cup of coffee. It really helps with the um, cost of keeping the podcast and the website going. And I have met so many wonderful people through the podcast and the blog. I just want to say I enjoy having our conversations. Um, you can always join the Facebook group too, which is another great place. It's a smaller group where we can kind of get to know each other and share our projects. My Creative Corner 3. And I just had a great week of creativity amidst the storm of real life <laughs> with my job. And um, I just want to say thanks, everybody, for being there, for listening, and for sharing with your friends. Have a most wonderful week. Be creative and full time.